What's up guys, this is Chris from No Holding Back. Today we'll be talking about the 24 team playoff format uh, concerning the NHL obviously. So obviously as everyone knows, the corona pandemic has hit the NHL very hard where they had to postpone the rest of the regular season. And that's why it led to the creation of the 2014 playoff format. So the way it's going to go is that the top four teams in the East and the top four teams in the West are going to be competing against each other for the first, second, third, and fourth seed, which will be uh, placed in round one. So they're going to be competing each other against each other. Sorry for the. Uh, you know, the start of this tournament, but they have a guaranteed spot in the NHL playoffs for the Stanley Cup. So meanwhile, when they're battling out, you got the East and West playing around that consists of 12 teams on the East, 12 teams on the West, and then four and four, obviously, for the top four teams in the West and East. So for a total of 24 teams. So I want to get right into it and start with our predictions today. And we got Luca from the Sports Gurus helping us out today. So Luca, you could introduce yourself to the viewers. Hi guys, uh, I'm Luca. I'm very excited to be here and uh, let's get into this. Perfect. Okay, so we both made this list together before we get this started. So both of our predictions are put into this bracket or whatever you want to call it, this prediction list. So we spoke about it, we discussed what made sense, the players on the teams, the players that decided to opt out, and yeah, so let's get it on, baby. Uh, so the top four teams in the East. So, um, Luca, I want you to start off with the top four teams in the East. Well, we, we decided as a, uh, together that uh, we believe that the Boston Bruins are going to finish first, the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to finish second in the East, uh, the third place team is going to be the Washington Capitals, and the fourth place team is going to be the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, the reason why we thought that, well, you know, Bruins went to the finals last year, had a great um, end to the well season before Corona started, and obviously, you know, now we believe that the Bruins are going to be the best suited team to come back and finish first. Tampa, we all know how good Tampa is. Braden Point, Nikita Kucherov, Steven Stamkos, they've got a great lineup over there in Tampa. They've got a great team, and I just believe that they'll finish second. I just think Boston's going to edge it out against them. Uh, third, we got Washington. Nothing against Washington. I just believe that compared to Tampa and Boston, I, fully, I believe that in the playing, uh, in the seeded games, they may not take it as seriously because I don't think it really matters what position you finish in. You're still playing a playoff team, and I think at the end of the day, the Caps are still a great team. And I think fourth, Philly, you know, the odd, the odd team out, I think compared to the other three teams, they were... They're just kind of there, and you know they, they had a good run before uh, COVID. Now we're here, and I just think that Philly, again, doesn't really matter what seed they're in because they're going to be in the playoffs anyway, so it's just for fun, I guess. Yeah, you know, the unfortunate thing about this top four uh, seeding, so for the East and West, is that Boston deservedly deserves to be and finish first place. They had a major gap in between first and second in the East. Yep. No one was close enough to touch them. They were pretty much cl uh, clinched for that first place spot, or I think they were clinched. And I find this is very unfortunate for them to be doing this. But then again, um, you know, technically the season never finished. So I understand why they're doing this. Yeah, you're total, I'm totally in agreement with Boston being at first. You know, they have that aging core in David Krejci, Patrice Bejeron, Zdeno Chara, uh, Krug, and obviously Tuka Rask. And uh, Halak has their, a fantastic backup goalie. Uh, I think everyone knows their spot. And the leadership is there, obviously. The playoff experience is there. So these guys, well-rested, heading into this playoff tournament or whatever you want to call this at this point, the Corona Cup, the Stanley Cup playoffs, whatever. Um, I think they're well suited to be a major contender and go very deep into the playoffs. Tampa Bay, you know, it's make it or break it year. I feel that with um, players like Brandon, uh, Brandon Point, uh, uh, Nikita Kucherov, Stamkos, Stamkos yeah. all those guys, man. 
Um, how long can you keep all those guys' contracts under the salary cap? You know, a lot of people's contracts are going to expire. You know, in hockey, you cannot rely on just six players to win a Stanley Cup. You need all four functioning lines. You need very good defense, offensively and defensively, and at least a decent goalie. Um, so they have a lot of pressure on their so- uh, shoulders. So I really hope they can make an impact this year and go deep and hopefully win the Stanley Cup that deservingly they were supposed to get in the last five years. Washington Capitals, you know, as you were saying, um, aging core, Ovechkin, you know, 35 years old right now, Nicholas Backstrom just signed an extension, you know, T.G. Oshie, you know, uh, been getting injured a couple of times, maybe a little bit too many times the last two seasons, which has been hurting the team offensively, you know. I think even this year, uh, Brendan Holpe too, I don't think he was, he was, uh, particularly good this year and I think that for me that's the biggest um, problem that the Caps have is that Brayden Holpe struggled this season compared to Ilya Samsonov and I think that that's why with the Caps it's more of a question mark of are they going to be able to do it again because of the fact that well you know Holpe struggled but I think that you know with John Carlson at the core the way he played and the fact that he's you know he won the Norris Trophy or he's going to win the Norris Trophy I think that for me, the Caps are still a contender. Just that, watch out for the goalie core because you don't really, watch out for the goalie tandem because you don't know what goalie you're gonna get. Yeah, and uh, you know you have an up and coming uh, star in uh, Eli Samsonov. Obviously, I think he played way better than Hopi. Hopi, this is his contract year. He was supposed to make an impact. Obviously, he failed to do that. So, uh, this is his chance to make an impact during the playoffs. Uh, Philadelphia Flyers, very surprising this year. Uh, yep. Unfortunately, Lindholm uh, got had cancer, or was is it Lindholm? Lindholm, Lindholm, yeah, Oscar Lindholm. Yeah, my bad. You know, unfortunately, he had a very good start to the season. Then he was diagnosed with cancer. Now he's back. I think he's in a pickup where he left off. Claude Giroux, you know, in his uh, twilight years, I would say to be honest, you know, passed a little bit of his prime. Yep. Same thing with Dvorak. You have Nolan Patrick, you know, hasn't really proved anything or hasn't reached his uh, his prime or his, li- to his limits, he's to be also, honest. He's also been injured. You know, he's been dealing with migraines over the last two years. He has, again, didn't play at all this year. So Nolan Patrick is, is a big question mark for Philly because he's that guy that, you know, they drafted the first overall and we all expected Nolan Patrick to kind of come into the NHL and take it by storm and turn into a superstar player. And he's come into the NHL and been very unfortunate with the injuries that he's dealt with, that I think Philly, despite not having Nolan Patrick in the lineup, doing finishing fourth or having the season that they had this year, I think is very, very impressive, like Chris said. I just think that, you know, Nolan Patrick would make that team a little bit be- a little bit better, especially since, you know, we all know the capabilities that the guy has. Yeah. Uh, there's also Gosty Bear, you know, very disappointing this year. Put on the third pairing after uh, a couple years ago. Had a breakout year. Yep. Uh, you have Carter Hart, finally a number one goalie. But I just feel like he's too young to make this deep playoff run. Yes, he could. Sh- he's had. He's shown glimpses of fantastic goaltending, amazing saves, highlight reel saves. Yep. I just feel that you know this is a team that's mixed with veteran presence and future uh, rising stars. So I feel like they're there's quite not there, and that's why they're fourth. So moving on to the West, top four. Well, in the West, we have, obviously, the Colorado Avalanche, number one. Uh, arguably the best team in the Western Conference. Arguably the team that's going to challenge for the Stanley Cup. They're fantastic. Nathan McKinnon, Gabriel Landeskog, Miko Ranton, and Kale McCarr. You know, very, very good team in Colorado. I think that they're going to finish first in the seeding. St. Louis Blues, second place. What could go wrong? This team won the Cup last year. Um, you know, arguably one of the best teams in the West. Last year, they, they pulled off an absolute miracle going from dead last in December to winning the Stanley Cup. I think the St. Louis Blues, you can never count them out in this situation because of the players that they have. Jordan Binnington, you know, Vladimir Tarasenko being healthy again, too. I think St. Louis is going to come in and really make that impact. Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, Las Vegas, since they've come into the league, have been, you know, that team that's competed for the playoffs every single year. You know, adding Max Pacioretty a couple of years ago, adding Mark Stone a couple of years ago, doing some good drafting, uh, bringing in Robin Leonard at the trade deadline. 
you know, we're looking at a Vegas team that's really going for a Stanley Cup, and, you know, they'd be the fastest expansion team to win a Stanley Cup. I think Vegas, you know, absolutely surprising team. And then you got the Dallas Stars. Again, Dallas Stars in fourth place, not because there's any hatred towards the Dallas Stars. I just feel like compared to the other teams that are there, you know, they're not that great. Jamie Benn, very inconsistent season. Tyler Segre, very inconsistent season. I think the only reason why Dallas were there in the first place mainly to do with Ben Bishop's fantastic goaltending and also Anton Kudobin at the backup position playing fantastic. Yeah, and I'm totally in agreement with that. You know, um, well, I hope so because we made this list together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, you know, Colorado Avalanche, you got Nathan McKinnon. Uh, I Honestly, he's going to be contending as a top three player with Connor McDavid and Crosby in the twilight years, yeah. obviously, of his career. Um you got so many good players in uh, Kale McCarr coming up into their rankings. Yep. Um, my God, that team, man, two years ago, you, it, you would have never even expected them to be a top team in the West right now. And then after. They were the worst team in the, in the West, I won't Yeah, play. they were the biggest joke. They, I remember, you know, they had a two or three on one chance and they literally blew it because they passed it all the way back. They were literally like the Ottawa Senators or. Detroit the Red biggest Wings. Detroit Red Wings as well, you know, the biggest laughing stock, complete yep. jokes, and look at them now, you know. And you got St. Louis Blues, you know, they pulled one of the biggest comebacks in NHL history from being almost like dead last in the playoffs and then coming back and not only making the playoffs but winning the Stanley Cup, you know. People said, you know, they didn't have a contending team, Tarasenko was underperforming, and so was the rest of the team. Uh, Bennington obviously saved them, and I think he's going to carry on continue the success that he started last year Vegas Golden Knights Max Pacioretty uh, that's a question for me because he's very very uh, highly uh, I would say you know unreliable and soft in the playoffs you know it doesn't really show up you know we've seen that in the Montreal Canadiens where you know he didn't want to really get in deep into the boards you know he's not a really physical guy you know he's a sniper he's a pure sniper and you need to make sure that people on his line like Paul Statsny and uh, Mark Stone you know help him produce because without those guys you know he's not going to be producing to the level that you want him to produce and if those guys are not there then forget having Max Patch ready so it's very um it's very 50-50 you know i don't you know really um i'm not really like I don't know. I don't really explain. Like, I wouldn't be like shocked if like he doesn't produce properly. But at the same time, you know, uh, Mark Stone is a fantastic player, and so is Paul Statsny. So, I mean, coming off the break, you know, sometimes good teams, you know, do not have a good start, and you know, uh, shittier teams or you know, less expected teams, you know, to make a big impact or a long playoff run could surprise us, like we've seen in a lot of playoffs in the past. So. I really hope that doesn't happen again. And I'm just wishing the best, you know, because they're a really good expansion team. No one has done what, they, what they've done uh, compared to other expansion teams. And honestly, they built a very uh, strong group, big leadership, even without a captain. And, uh, you know. You know, the naming one at the end, after this year, the naming Yeah, one, right? I heard about that. Who would you think would be the captain? Personally, I think Mark Stone. And the reason why I think Mark Stone is because, you know, he. He was on an Ottawa team that, you know, struggled at times. And then, you know, the leadership that he brought in Ottawa when he was there, um, a lot of people liked the fact that he was he was good with the community. He was good with the teammates and that even with the young guys coming in, he was a mentor to them. And I think that even in Vegas, a lot of Vegas players, especially a lot of the young guys, you know, guys like William Carlson, guys like Cody Glass, who, who have played on the team this year, even Peyton Krebs, who just joined the training camp roster, was saying that Mark Stone is an absolute... Uh, beauty and that you know he was uh he was a big part of the reason why uh players felt so comfortable playing for the Vegas Golden Knights because of the fact that Mark Stone was so reassuring and I think that that for me has the captain material in him and I just believe that Mark Stone is a better fit to be a captain yeah, in Vegas. Yeah I'm totally in agreement with that because you know uh after everything he's gone through in Ottawa all the troubles and everything you know to still um you know play at a competitive level and just take his game to Vegas and literally destroy it, especially even though they got eliminated in the first round of the playoffs last year. You know, he, he played fantastic and, uh, you know, he really helped propel Max Pacioretty's game. 
And yes, yeah, so what I'm what we're trying to say is that Max Pacioretty's, you know, development in the playoffs and his capability of what he's, uh, you know, what we've seen before is really relied upon Mark his Stone's teammates. performance and yeah. his teammates, obviously. Uh, you know, Pacioretty needs to play with star players to get where he's at. And he's done it a couple of times without star players in Montreal, but obviously we saw that uh, decrease over time. Yep. Uh, so the Dallas Stars, very inconsistent team. Tyler Sagan, uh, Jamie Benn, uh, got a lot of heat the last two seasons from their owner. Very disappointing. You know, I think this team is good but it's not good enough uh i don't really see them really making a playoff push i think they don't even deserve to be in the top four just based on the standings no. that were left off before the pandemic hit uh but i don't see this team really going that but far even though they finished fourth in this in our predictions i also believe that you know you look at a guy like jamie ben and and i'm i'm can't stress this enough about jamie ben what an absolutely disappointing season from jamie ben you know, we talk about a guy who is a superstar player for Dallas, has been there for so many years, and this year, he, like, the team was good. Dallas was a good team, but he was really, really bad and really, really inconsistent. Same goes for Tyler Sagan. Sagan wasn't as bad, but he was also bad, and I believe that with Dallas, if it wasn't for their goaltending, they would be out of a playoff spot because their star players didn't show up when they needed to. They relied a lot on their goaltending. Ben Bishop had a 9.20 save percentage. Anton Kudobin had a 9.20 save percentage. To have both goalies have a 9.20 save percentage, I think says a lot about just the team in general. Obviously, their best player, I think, this season was Miro Heiskanen. And, you know, he's a defenseman. And, you know, we all know that what he's capable of doing and even John Klingberg. But offensively, Dallas was really, really, like, yeah, struggling. They started off really bad this year. And, you know, Radulov, too. We talked about a guy like Alexander Radulov this year. Really didn't have that great of a season in terms of Production-wise, we expected a lot better out of Alexander Radulov. He took a lot more penalties this year, and we found he was a little bit more on the dirty area and a little bit more like towards hitting and less focusing on getting points. And I just think that Dallas, you know, even with the whole situation that happened with Jim Montgomery, their former coach, you know, with the alcohol problem that he had and you know going into rehab, I just don't think that Dallas has the right mentality going into the playoffs, knowing that. These guys haven't performed. Who knows? They may go into the playoffs this year and surprise a few people. But just based off where the season left off, I don't see Dallas as a team contending yeah, for a cup. Exactly. Very uh, a lot of problems in the locker room. You know, owner getting involved, yep. coach problems. You know, it's really hard to restart in the middle of the season sometimes. But maybe they could benefit off this break. Absolutely. So now, uh, with that being said, we have our top four for the West and East concluded. Now we're going to move on to the East playing round. So we've got the Leafs versus the Blue Jackets. So me and Luca both agreed that the Leafs would win in four games. And don't forget that every single playing round consists of best out of five games. Yep. So uh, four being the second most games possible played. And why do we have this? So basically, um, you know, we look at a Columbus team and I'm going to talk about the Columbus Blue Jackets a little bit and then we'll talk about the Leafs. Columbus, this year, in my opinion, overachieved massively. Um, we looked at a team that lost Sergei Bobrovsky. We lost, looked at a team that lost Artemi Panarin, um, Matt Duchesne. They, the only key player they really had on offense was Pierre-Luc Dubois. And on defense, obviously, Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski. They didn't have a, go a goalie. They went into the season with Eunice Corposalo and Elvis Merzlikens as their two goalies. And they did well. They, they stole the show. And, and I think that that, for me, is a big reason why Columbus are where they are right now. However, you look at a team like Toronto Maple Leafs, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, William Nylander, John Tavares. I think just based off those four names that I've mentioned, this team, if they lose, are going to be the laughingstock of the NHL. The Toronto Maple Leafs will be the laughingstock of the NHL if they lose to the Columbus Blue Jackets. And that is just a fact. The Leafs need to prove to teams that they are able to win... Uh, playoff series and they need to prove to teams that just because the last two years they've lost to Boston does not mean that they are not good enough to win a cup. This team has the team, the capabilities on offense at least and in net to win a cup. Defensively is a little bit problematic for the Leafs, but I think with the offensive core that they have, they're going to steamroll the Columbus Blue Jackets. The Jackets may steal one game, which is why we said four, because you know John Tortorella as a coach, we all know how good he is as a coach and I just believe that Columbus will have the firepower to at least beat the Leafs once. But I think Toronto on four we, uh, takes it, and I think that's just 
that's just how it is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so with that being said, you know, the Leafs laughing stock, you know, especially with the uh, backup, uh, not even the backup, but the third string goalie, or not even the string goalie, but the equipment manager, the Zamb- yeah, Zamboni yeah, driver yeah. that beat them uh, when it was the Carolina Hurricanes versus the Maple Leafs. I think that really was a dagger to the heart for the Maple Leafs. And now it's up to them to either prove us wrong or to continue accepting the fact that they're actually just a waste of time. They have so many good players and they're wasting so many of those players' talent yep. because they have maybe maybe the problem is that they have too much talent and they, they're not properly distributed. And, you know, uh, maybe Tavares is butting heads with Matthews, you know. A lot of people expected Matthews to be captain, but then the video resurfaced and then Tavares took over the leadership, yep. even though, you know, ideally he was the hometown boy and he was a captain with the Islanders. And, and not to mention as well, these guys are getting, in total, just based off Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, and John Tavares, get paid around $36 million among those three players. You've got $36 million invested in three players. I expect you to go far in the playoffs. There, that's just how it is. You know, you, you you pay those players that much money, you expect results. And then you have people like Nathan McKinnon that is, I would say, better than all those players. Blow yeah. blow out of them all out of the water, to be honest. And he's willing to take a pay cut. So it really shows how much of a leader and of that he is compared yeah. to them, and how great of a hockey player he is. So moving on to the Habs versus the Pens. <laughs> so. With that being said, we have Pittsburgh winning in five. So why is it that they don't sweep Montreal in three? So, um, well, you guys might disagree with us on this, but I, me and Chris both agreed that we believe that the Montreal Canadiens are going to want to come in this play series to prove something. Do we think we're gonna, they're going to beat them? Absolutely not. I don't think... I personally don't think the Montreal Canadiens have the team to, to beat the Penguins. Chris doesn't believe that the Habs have the team to beat the Penguins. But they are going to give their hard work. And one thing that the Canadians are known for is their hard-working team. The fact that they don't give up. The fact that they go on the ice and they play until the final whistle. And I think that this is why they're going to win two games. You look at a, you look at a Montreal Canadiens team that relies solely on their goaltending. We all know how Carey Price is, especially in big moments. We all know how Carey Price is when it comes to playoff hockey. If this guy stands on his head, the Montreal Canadiens can, can do... Absolutely amazing things in this playoffs. He gives them confidence he too, gives, as well. Yep, and I think that that is why the Canadians are going to make it really, really close for the Pittsburgh Penguins. That being said, we're talking about a Pittsburgh Penguins team that won two straight Stanley Cups. We're talking about a, a Pittsburgh Penguins team that, you know, last year got swept by the New York Islanders. Do they really want to go from getting swept to the New York Islanders last year and then losing in a play-in round to the Montreal Canadiens the year after? There's going to be a lot of question marks there if they lose to the Montreal Canadiens. And I don't think as a Pittsburgh fan, someone who, uh, the Penguins fans who, you know, look at this and, and pay attention to the Penguins team, they've got a team that can win a cup again. So I don't think you, I don't think Penguins fans want to see Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin not be in the playoffs because they didn't perform against the Montreal Canadiens. I believe the Penguins are just too good for the Montreal Canadiens and that's why... They're going to beat them in five, but the Habs are going to give them a run for their money. And I know a lot of people are going to be expecting Montreal to drop the first three games so they could get. They have a higher chance at getting Alexis Lafreniere. Yep. But the thing is, is that Montreal, uh, you know, they don't really call it quits for no one, to be honest. Yep. You know, and that pisses a lot of people off because they don't believe when, in tanking. They yeah, don't they don't believe in, in tanking. You know, Montreal is a city known for being a dynasty for so many years and uh you know uh there's no such thing in losing in montreal so uh with that being said that's why they're going to push the five games you know they have very good players you know that could take them far and carry price being carry price could if he's really at his prime and he has that mindset that playoff mindset where no puck is going to pass me montreal could be a very dangerous team but that being said Pittsburgh has Jason Zucker, Evgeny Malkin, Sidney Crosby, uh, Patrick Hornquist, Jake Gensel, Jake Gensel coming back off injury. Yep. Um, uh, what's his name? Brian Rust. Yeah. Yeah. Brian Rust. Uh, Chris Latang. Hopefully he doesn't get injured in the first two games. Uh, <laughs> but the thing is, they have inconsistent goaltending. You have Matt Murray and you have Tristan Jerry. Tristan Jerry. Who are you gonna start? 
they say Matt Murray, but there's a lot of problems going on right now with ownership and Matt Murray. He's not very happy. You know, he's not happy with the fans how he's been treated. So that's a problem for the offseason. Yep. So with that being said, we're going to move on to the next uh, matchup. Islanders versus the Florida Panthers. So this one's actually really funny because me and Chris debated on this for a, for a while, actually. We had a conversation about this because, you know, I personally believed at the beginning that, uh, you know, the Florida Panthers are going to beat the New York Islanders. And let's be honest, we're looking at a team like Chris, uh, like when me and Chris discussed, that is going to be a very offense versus defense matchup. You know, Barry Trotz is a very system coach. Um, he likes to play a trap game. He likes to play defensively. And the Islanders are known for that. And they're known for their defensive game and their defensive structure. But we're talking about a Florida Panthers team that loves to score goals. This team has firepower on offense like I've never seen it. Evgeny Dadanov, Mike Hoffman, Jonathan Huberto, Alexander Barkov. And I think that with Florida, having Sergei Bobrovsky in net, who, yes, granted, $10 million, probably was a bit overpaid for a goalie like that. Didn't uh, underperform massively this season. I think he's going to want to prove something. But with that being said, again, we are looking at Barry Trotz as a coach. And you can never, ever, ever doubt Barry Trotz. He's the best coach in the National Hockey League. And this is why we believe the New York Islanders are going to edge it out. Barely, but they're going to edge it out. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, they got Andy Green, which is old, but he's very good defensively. And he fits their, their style of play. You, you've got uh, Pajot now signed under uh, contract, yep. you know, helping them, you know, propel their offense. Uh, you have freaking Martin Barzil. Matthew Barzil. M- uh, Matthew Barzil, <laughs> sorry, my bad. I was thinking about Matt Martin. <laughs> Not the same caliber of player, obviously. Same team. Same team, though. Uh, you know, I think their structures are going to win overall, uh, and they're going to jump ahead of Florida because Florida defensively, not that good uh, when it comes to their defensive pairings. Yeah, I only trust Aaron Ekblad on yep. defense. Besides that, you know, Anton uh, Strawman, mm, he's, you know, Mike, he's, he got old now. Mike you know, Matheson. Mike Matheson could cause you trouble. Uh, with a lot of penalties, obviously, but he, he is good defensively. Uh, yeah, and that's why we have the Islanders overtaking the Florida Panthers. And now... Uh, with the last matchup in the East for the play-in round, the Hurricanes versus the Rangers. And uh, for that one, actually, it was very hard for us to decide because, you know, you got the Rangers that surprised a lot of people and yep. um, was able to actually acquire Hurricanes' first overall pick in the uh, trade deadline. And then the Hurricanes obviously stacking up with uh, Vincent Chocek you know, uh, Sammy Vatanen, even though he's injured, I don't know if he's going to be playing or not. Yeah. And uh, who else did they get in the trade deadline? They they got, well, they got um, Vincent Trocek as well. Yeah, I said that already. Yeah, they got Brady Shea, the, def- the defenseman from the New York Rangers. They actually traded him to Carolina for the yeah. first round pick. And now they're actually playing against each other in the playoff series. So just kind of ironic a little bit. Also, not being said, uh, that being said, you look at the Carolina team, Sebastian Ajo didn't have a good start to the year. Uh, Picked it up as the season went on. Um, Andrei Svechnikov, we all know how good Andrei Svechnikov is. Absolute monster. Uh, Table Teravind, same thing. Absolute monster. But I just feel that we we felt actually that um, the Rangers were going to edge it out in five games. And the reason why we, we felt that was because Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad and even just the Rangers team in general, Igor Shesterkin coming in and playing the way he did, the defensive core that the Rangers have, the coach that the Rangers have, we just feel like the Rangers are better suited for a playoff run or for a cup run compared to the Carolina Hurricanes. And with Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad in the lineup, the Rangers, I feel, have more star power than the Carolina Hurricanes do. That being said, Carolina doesn't have any goaltending. Peter Morazic and James Reimer, do you really believe that the Carolina Hurricanes are going to make it far with Peter Morazic and James Reimer. Well, maybe if they I, call the Zaboni driver to play, maybe, maybe they got a chance. Yeah, <laughs> you know, maybe, yeah, maybe if they call the Zaboni driver, they may have a chance to go and win a cup. But besides that, like, you know, I don't see the Carolina Hurricanes making a cup run with Peter Morazic and, and James Reimer. They did it last year, but I think that was just a fluke last year. I don't think it's going to happen again. Rangers I think, they, you know, it was the first time they made the playoffs in a while last year. Yep. Uh, they really... Um, Since 2009. They really, yeah. 
that's like <laughs> freaking almost that, that was like 10 years, years. yeah, yeah that was a so sad you know yep. uh good for them though they got they found a way to propel fans to actually come to the arena last year with all their celebrations and stuff you know they got the term from don cherry that they're a bunch of jerks you know a lot of their opponents you know it really stings once you lose but then when they start doing uh childish stuff like that you know it really really ticks you off yep. so yeah they've also, ticked us off so i don't want to i really do not want to see them make it far you know yeah they i, I like to select some of their players but like i don't i really i'm not really down for those celebrations they're very mm-hmm. immature and uh, there's no place for that in hockey. They they ticked off a lot of Habs fans, especially with the whole Aho offer sheet that happened. You yeah. know, uh, they they kind of laughed about it, whatever. And obviously, Habs fans don't want to see Carolina succeed. Yeah, and that's also another reason why. And not only like, that, but like you know, this has been a losing franchise for many years. They only won the cup in 2006. So if I were them, I wouldn't be smiling for too long because enjoy what you have right now, but in the long run, especially with the owner that they have, bankruptcy. Not that, but, you know, make sure that you're very, very humble. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Yeah. Okay, so now we're going with the round, play on round, or the round robin, whatever you want to call it, for the West. West. The first matchup, you got the Flames versus the Jets. And we have Jets winning it in five. Why are um, winning in five? Well, one reason, uh, better goaltending. Uh, Connor Hellebuck, Vezina candidate this year, um, fantastic season. You could argue Calgary has a better defense, but you know Connor Hellebuck is Connor Hellebuck, and I think that the Winnipeg Jets, especially with the season that that Connor Hellebuck had this year, I just think that the Jets are going to edge it out. They, I think, offensively, two uh, Mark Scheifele, Nikolai Ehlers, Kyle Connor, Blake Wheeler, a lot of really good superstar uh, firepower up there in Winnipeg, and I just think that you look at a team like Calgary, who Johnny Goudreau struggled, Sean Monahan struggled, T.J. Brody, you know, on defense wasn't really the greatest. Uh, Player. I just don't think that Calgary this year improved from last year. And I think that the Winnipeg Jets surprised a lot of people. And they're going to surprise a lot of people yeah, by going you know, into the playoffs. They were missing Dustin Bufflin, which really hurt their defense. you know. Yep. Uh, but with that being said, also, the Flames are missing Travis Hamanick, which he opt out. Which you know reasons, makes yeah. their defensive line a little bit more thin and weaker. So, you know, um, with weak or like inconsistent goaltending, you know... Uh, you, you really don't know what's going to happen there. Uh, so I think the Jets are going to take it easily. Guys, we also forgot to mention the ha- uh, Carl Osner opted out for the Canadians. You know, the Habs lost their best defenseman. So I think they, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's going to be hard guy, for Poor guy. He wanted to win, man. He said, you know, he wants to go to a winning team. And look at him now. He's not even participating. <laughs> Anyways, we're moving on. Yeah, so to the Oilers versus the Hawks. We have the Oilers taking it in four uh, with that being said, you know, it's obvious. Oilers, McDavid, Dreisaitl mm-hmm. on the power play, very lethal against oh. Tavares. Uh, it's not Tavares, but Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane. Yes, Patrick they Kane and... Yeah, <laughs> Patrick Kane and Taves will not back down. They will fight till the end, but their team is way too old and weak. Not to mention, uh, Corey Crawford um, right now is currently listed as unfit to play. If he does not join the team for the playing round, they're screwed. Like Malcolm Subban, don't get me wrong, will not win you games. Colin Delia, not good enough to win you games. And the Edmonton Oilers, who are hungry to make it to the playoffs and are hungry to go on a playoff run with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, hungry. Good luck. Yeah, good luck, you know, Chicago. This is good a team luck. that added Mike Green, you know, even though he's in the twilight years of his career, still affect. He opted out? Yeah, Mike Green opted out. Wow. Okay, never mind. So, (laughs) remove him out of the list. But but you have um, Tyler Ennis that was proving himself at the last two seasons, you know, with uh, Toronto and Ottawa. You know, kind of building up his name once again after the horrendous last couple of seasons he had with Buffalo. Not only that, you know, you have Anatasio that's helping uh, McDavid, giving more secondary... Uh, scoring and a, you know more options to pass to you know uh, and you have you can trust somebody that's actually uh, good and has talent you know so I obviously I don't think the Hawks are going to be able to shut down the Oilers too quick too skilled the McDavid and Drysaddle factor obviously Hawks defense way too old I love Duncan Keith but you can't I don't think he'll be able to do it Brent Seabrook poor guy they put him in in the in the, in the freaking uh, the stands. He's just watching his team fail to yeah. make it to the round, first round of the playoffs. Anyways, with that being said, Canucks versus Wild. 
we have Vancouver sweeping the Wild in three games. Um, I mean, I think this is pretty self-explanatory. The Vancouver Canucks are just a much better team than the Minnesota Wild. Um, I'm surprised Minnesota even made it, to be honest with you. Um, we look at Vancouver, great season this year. Pedersen, Besser, Hughes, a lot of guys played really well. Minnesota, not so good, apart from Kevin Fiala showing off what he what he was capable of. I don't think Minnesota's good enough. Vancouver in three, very simple. Very simple. You know, they lost Jason Zucker as well and Kevin Fiala. You know, was it finally his, ba- his breakthrough and to show his capability or what he's able to accomplish yeah. in that position on the first line? Or was it a fluke? We'll see, we'll see once the playoffs or the so-called uh, playing round begins. Mm-hmm. Now, moving on to the Preds versus the Coyotes. We have the Predators winning in five. It's obvious the Predators have more firepower on offense. They have Ellis, Alcom, and Yossi on defense. The Coyotes do not have that the defensive uh, liability. Their goalies, you know, they have two good goalies, but, you know, who are they going to go with, who, you know? Are they going to stay healthy? If the goalies are not healthy, they're, yeah, they're yeah. kind of screwed. Ran- Rantanen. Ranta was injured Ranta, a lot. Ranta, sorry. Yeah. Was injured a lot, and Darcy Kemper, too, was injured yeah, a lot. Yeah, always injured, but they're very effective when healthy. And and obviously, offensively, Phil Kessel had a terrible season this year, too. If, if he can wake up, Arizona has a chance, but... They need they need their star players to step and, up, and if they yeah. don't step up, they're screwed. And Taylor Hall needs to be healthy as well. Yep. And he needs support, but without that support, he won't really do much. Yeah. Anyways, with that being said, we have closed up the playing round. We have closed up the top four seedings for the East and West. So now we're beginning with round one of the Eastern Conference playoffs. So now Bruins finished first. Obviously, so they would be facing the Maple Leafs. The Bruins would take it in six. Why are they taking it in six? Well, um, third year running, uh, Leafs lose to the Bruins. Not surprising. Again, Boston's just a better team. Boston's just were a, a better built team. And Boston has Toronto's number. So I think that, you know, I said that the Leafs were going to prove that they were going to beat the Bruins. I just don't think that if it happens where a Boston-Toronto series happens, I just think Boston takes it again. They're a better team and, you know, that's that's just how it is. We've already talked about how good the Bruins are. We've already talked about how good the Leafs are. But Boston in six, I think, is the most uh, logical option. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, way more playoff experience. Yep. Moving on to the Pens versus the Flyers. Pens taken in six. Explain uh, why. Yeah, Pittsburgh in six. I think that, you know, Pittsburgh's, uh, Pittsburgh struggles against uh, Philly. They don't like playing against Philly. But I think the Pittsburgh Penguins are going to want to prove th- something. Like I said, you know. They lost in round one last year to New York Islanders. I think the Penguins are going to want to go on a cup run and prove to people that they're still good enough to win a cup. With Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin healthy and, you know, potentially being their big players. And like like Chris said, the inexperience of Carter Hart playing a playoff series, I think that it's going to give Pittsburgh the momentum to want to come in and, and beat them. And I think that in six games is the perfect way to do it for Pittsburgh. Philly is going to win two games, but I don't know if they're going to challenge Pittsburgh to eliminate them. Yeah, and uh, this is a team that will do very well in the playoffs eventually. We'll make it deep in the playoffs with their yep. young core coming up, but they're just not there yet. And uh, just to clarify uh, for people listening right now, it's seven games starting the first round of playoffs. Yep. So it's only five games for the uh, play-in round and four games, f- or yeah, four games for the uh, top four seedings for East and West. Yep. Moving on. The Islanders versus Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay taking it in five. Why do we have Tampa Bay taking it in five? I mean, Tampa is just a much better team. I think that, again, another team that's trying to prove uh, themselves after getting swept last year. I don't think the Islanders are good enough to beat Tampa. And I think Tampa are going to contend for a cup. They're going to prove it. And I think they're going to do exactly what uh, people expect from them this year. Tampa Bay in five is the best option, I think, for that for them. The Islanders are going to steal one game because I don't think Tampa have it in them to sweep a team. So I think five games is good. Yeah, and uh, Tampa's firepower is way too strong for Islanders' defensive structure to yep. handle. And I think uh, Tampa Bay is going to tear up the defensive structure with obviously the superstars that they have on their team and the desperation to win a cup now. Yep. So moving forward, Rangers versus Capitals. Capitals in six. 
Uh, we said the Caps in six, but we we argued about this for a while. We we were debating that they were going to go to seven games. We felt like, you know, let's get in the middle, so let's go with six because, you know, Chris said five, I said seven, so we went in the middle with six. Rangers are a good team. However, you're coming up against a team that's won the Stanley Cup in 2018. You're coming up against Alexander Ovechkin, and any team that has Alexander Ovechkin in it can, can beat you. I think Ovechkin is just good enough. I think he wants another cup. I think he wants to go for it. And I think he's going to be more determined than ever to beat the Rangers and to prove that the Caps are still good enough to win the cup. Caps in six. Yeah, and obviously same uh, same problem like the Flyers. Mixed up with veteran and up-and-coming stars, but they're just not there yet. But yeah. in the future, both those teams will be true contenders. Moving on to the West now, round one. Jets versus Colorado. Avalanche in seven. Yep, um, this one is going to be a fascinating matchup. You're looking at two teams that really, really are just really good teams. But again, Colorado's going to eke it out against the Winnipeg Jets. And I think that the only reason why is just because they've got a better team all around. Kale McCarr, you know, being the main reason why I believe that this team is going to be better. I just think Colorado has better defense. I think Colorado has better offense. And I think that Colorado, you know, in, in terms of goaltending, the Jets win. But I think that Colorado are going to have... A decor and an offensive core that's going to just show the Jets that they're a little bit better, but it's going to be a very close series and it's going to be fun to watch. Absolutely. Yeah, and this is where the Dustin Bufflin factor uh, hurts them. You know that big defensive presence, that slap shot on the power play. You know their defense has been weakened because of that, and it will hurt them long term in a deep playoff run. And that's Absolutely. why they're losing to the Avalanche in seven. Absolutely. Oilers to uh, versus Dallas. Oilers in five. Why do we have this? I'll explain why. Dallas, very inconsistent, you know, against the Oilers. I think they're gonna have a very hard time shutting down McDavid and Dreisidel. Uh their players are very inconsistent in Dallas with Tyler Sagan, Jamie Ben, you know, last two years, uh they haven't really lived up to expectations. Radulov being a troublemaker this year, causing a lot of penalties, like Lucas said. You know, we don't know where that team's going to go. You have Miro Heiskin in that played very well, and Bishop, but you can't really rely on two players. That's yeah. why Oilers are taking it five. I agree. I don't, I don't, I, don't, I mean, he said everything that I was thinking anyway, <laughs> so yeah. Okay, moving on. Canucks versus St. Louis. St. Louis in seven. So the Stanley Cup champions defeat the up and coming. Vancouver Canucks. Vancouver Canucks. Um, I mean, pretty. I think we're. I'm just going. This is just simply out of last year. St. Louis won the cup last year. They're gonna want to win back to back. Vancouver's got the team, but I don't. I don't think that they've got the players on defense and the players in net to really beat the St. Louis Blues. We're talking about St. Louis Blues team that plays as a unit, plays together, but also you know has great goaltending, great decor, and great offense. And I just think that. The Blues are just a better team all round, and I think that they're going to prove to Vancouver that they are a better team, and obviously they won the Cup last year, so you can never count them out. Yeah, and you know, you can't really rely on just Quinn Hughes and Alexander Edler on defense, and especially him and his injuries, yeah. you know, you don't really know what's going to happen. Is he going to really last a long uh, playoff run? There's a lot of things in question, you know, you got health, inconsistency, and obviously the overall team, how they're going to come back from this pandemic, how they're going to play. Everything's being taken into consideration. Moving on to the last matchup in round one, Preds versus Vegas. Vegas taking in five. Why do we have this happening? I'll explain why. Predators, yes, they did make the finals in 2017 versus the Pittsburgh Penguins. They lost, obviously. Um... You know, Vegas Golden Knights, up-and-coming team, you know, surprising a lot of people the last couple of years. Their two top lines are fantastic. You have Alexander Tuck. You have Pacioretty, Mark Stone, Paul Statsny. You have Shea Theodore on defense. Marc-Andre Fleury on, as a, a number one goalie. And maybe even Robin Leonard as well, you know. Uh, this is a team that will not back down. The Preds, you know, they have fantastic defense. You know, Pekka Rene. You know he's uh you know he's he's up there in age and we don't know how far and how long he could last in this playoff run and their offense on the Preds I feel like they only have one and a half or maybe even two working lines and there's the third and fourth line are very inconsistent not there yeah Nashville is very inconsistent this season and I think that's why they just they're not gonna go far in the playoff yeah inconsistency perfect 
Moving on to round two of the East, Bruins versus Pens. Bruins in seven. Why? I mean, this one, you know, uh, it's going to be a great matchup, but I just think that Boston, you know, are going to want to show teams that they are, you know, capable of winning a cup, that they're capable of going far again. And, you know, I think Boston has ev- has the team to be a competitive team in the playoffs. I think with Pittsburgh, this is where they, their, their journey ends for the season. And the reason why... I think that the journey ends for the season is because of their goaltending. Yeah, perfect. Tampa Bay versus Capitals. We have Tampa Bay in seven. I mean, yeah, Tampa's gonna go. I think Cap Tampa's gonna you know fight for for a chance to contend in the cup, and I think you know they're gonna eke out the Caps barely, just based off the fact that I think they they want it more. Yeah. Now moving on to the West, Avalanche versus Oilers. Avalanche in six. Um, it's pretty simple avalanche offensively will destroy the edmonton oilers uh they will shut down Connor mcdavid and dry saddle once and for all so unfortunately their chances of winning a stanley cup will not happen this year their defense not equally as good as the colorado avalanche with their building yeah. you know uh yes when it comes to goalies i would say they're pretty much even but overall, the Avalanche will shut down the Oilers. Uh, they don't have that secondary power that uh, the Avalanche do. And that's why they're going to make it through. St. Louis Blues versus Vegas Golden Knights. Blues in seven, obviously. Yeah. Um, you know, so Stanley Cup champs really proving to people that they really want to win the cup again. Uh, you know, overall, I think they have the better team. They have the better defense. Uh you know, Bennington, Bennington has really proved a lot of people wrong and really carried St. Louis on his back uh, uh, many times last year. I think he could do it again, and he's going to propel them to win it in seven. Now, going to round three, the Eastern Conference Finals. So that's going to be between the Bruins and the Tampa Bay Lightning. We have Tampa Bay taking it in seven. Why? Um, I think the Tampa's good enough to win a cup. I think they're good enough to go to the cup final. I think they deserve to go to the cup final. And I think that Boston, you know, I just, I, I think that just Boston just doesn't have it this year to go all the way to the cup final. I just think that Tampa is really going to prove to people that they are the better team. It's and that pure they, desperation. Yeah, it's, it's, I think Tampa's literally going to play off desperation. And I think they're going to want to show people that last year was a big fluke and that they just didn't show up last year. And I think that Tampa's just going to go all the way to the cup final because they're going to want to show teams that, yo... We are good enough. Put some respect on our name because you know we've got great players, and we're gonna we're gonna show you that. Yeah, and you know they have a uh, Vesna contender again uh, in Vasilevsky, yep. and uh, their defense. You got Victor Hedman, obviously. There you have Shattenkirk, which he revived his career with uh, Tampa. You know, on the third or fourth line, I'm not sure where he's playing right now. Patrick Maroon. You know, he won a Stanley Cup at St. Louis Absolutely. last year. He contributed offensively. And on the penalty kill as well. So I think overall, Tampa Bay, that desperation is going to be there. It's going to show. And that's why they eliminate Bruins in seven. Mm-hmm. Now, for the Western Conference Finals, round three, we got the Avalanche versus the Blues. We have the Avalanche taking in six. I think overall, their, uh, again, their offensive power, defense comes into factor. Uh, the St. Louis Blues, you know, I think their time is up, unfortunately. Uh the Avalanche is very, very young, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, Landis Skog, I know he's a little bit up there in age yep. compared to the other players coming up. But, you know, overall, this team has proven a lot this year. They are not a joke anymore. They will be a dynasty team eventually. And that's why they're heading to the Stanley Cup Finals. Any any team that has Nathan McKinnon on it is, is a team that's going to compete. And I think that the Colorado Avalanche, this year is their year. I absolutely believe that this year is their year. Yeah, and with that being said, we are finally at the Stanley Cup Finals. The Colorado Avalanche versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I know this might upset a lot of people, but we have Tampa Bay finally winning the Cup after years of battling and getting swept in the first, second round, even sometimes in the third, you know. Yep. Uh, they finally will win it, but in seven games, this is going to be a very offensive matchup. Absolutely. Defense is obviously going to factor but they're gonna, there's going to be a lot of goals going in for both teams. But ultimately, Tampa Bay's desperation is going to trump Colorado's offensive power. Yeah. And I just, like I, like I said, Tampa wants to prove it. They're going to prove it. They're going to do it. 
And I think that it's going to give Steven Stamkos a Stanley Cup that he deserves. But I think that Tampa is going to finally, after years of trying to make it and trying to win a cup, they're going to finally do it. It's going to take them a while, but they're going to get it done. Exactly. And, you know, what a lot of people's contracts eventually going to expire. It could, they could at least say, we won the cup. It's okay. We'll start drafting and build on draft picks and yeah. obviously keep our core and yeah. try to contend and hopefully they could still win another Stanley Cup like mm-hmm. that. With that being said, we have chosen a Conn Smythe winner and it's going to be the last winner of the Conn Smythe trophy from a losing team since Jean-Sébastien Giguere and that is Nathan McKinnon. Yep. And that was in 2003, the last time this has happened. So in 2020, Nathan McKinnon will win the Consumite Trophy, even though his team lost the Stanley Cup. And why do we have this? Well, you know, the, the Consumite Trophy is, is based on the most valuable player in the playoffs. And usually it goes to the player that, you know, is on the winning team. But with Nathan McKinnon, I think he's going to do something that a lot of players don't do. And he's going to show Tampa that he's he's good enough to win a, a Stanley Cup and that he's good enough to, you know, work hard and play in a Stanley Cup final. But I think that he's just going to miss out. However, we're talking about arguably the third best player in the NHL, maybe even the second best player in the NHL. And some people will argue the best player in the NHL. He's going he's gonna to show up. We know he's going to show up. And I think that even if Colorado doesn't win the Cup, we're going to have Nathan McKinnon winning the Conn Smythe Trophy, bringing home the most valuable player, and yeah. But Colorado will win a a cup eventually. Like I said, I think they're building towards being a dynasty. I see a lot of cups in their future. But with that being said, we have finally ended our 2020 NHL playoff prediction. So I just want to take the time to thank Luca from the Sports Gurus for sharing his predictions and making this list with me. For the viewers and uh, subscribers that have been following me don't forget to check any hockey related videos from the past any videos that you would like to go uh, check up on they're all there uh obviously gonna have uh, upcoming videos that you might be interested as well but uh thank you so much luca uh thank you chris thank you for having me um it was an honor to be on this podcast and uh obviously you know guys Again, watch Chris's uh, other videos as well. He makes some good content. He makes some great content. And, you know, he makes different topics too. He doesn't just talk about sports. He talks about movies. He talks about comics and about about other things too. And also check out the Sports Gurus um, podcast as well. We talk uh, about sports. We just released an F1 episode. And there will be a few other episodes coming out very, very soon. So stay tuned for that as well. And uh, till next time. Sounds good, man. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment in the section below. Thank you, guys. Have a good one.